Yeah, I don't. Have I told you my boxing story? <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> oh, all right. So this goes back. Like, um, we, my mom had to go back to live in Peru for a year when she was working for her dissertation. Mm-hmm. So it was an immigration thing. So we went back to Peru for a year, which was great. And then one day, my dad uh, walks around our old neighborhood and tells me that he was preparing to be an amateur boxer, right? So he said he used to box. And so we end up walking to his old stomping grounds. And I was like, oh, cool. I was 15, you know, really cocky 15-year-old male, right? Cisgender male, you know, being like, and he's like, yeah. And I go, I bet I, bet I can take you on. There's no way. You know? And I just kept on egging him on and egging him on. And eventually we, we sparred a little, right? And here I am, you know, showboating, you know, moving around, bouncing, not letting him touch me. And he's just moving and jabbing, moving and jabbing, very, very technical, right? And then one, all I remember is like, I went for a punch. And the next thing I know, I wake up with smelling salt. <laughs> did he just did he go over you or what did he how did he counter you? And then you and then like and then like I was like, what happened? I was, I was like, I hit you. And I was like, how? I was like, I was like, oh, I was just waiting for you to drop your left. <laughs> when you dropped your left, like not. I was like, you want to go? I was like, no, I'm fine. Let's go. Nah. <laughs> so since that, day, since that day on, um, yeah, I've, I've learned never not to drop my left whenever I got into any situation like that. Nice. Well, that is yeah. that is the Boxing Day intro for boxing. I love it. The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva. You can follow The Minnesota Football Show at mnfootballshow.com on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Um, go ahead, you wanna bring it in? I guess we'll, we'll kick it um, off. Yeah, I mean, it's just so far it's just me and Eric, hopefully maybe she'll make it, but this is uh, the Minnesota Football Show Holiday Edition. Yeah. Um, Eric is wearing his uh, Wisconsin Badger. What is that Wisconsin Badger? This, this is actually, I got I got this from my brother-in-law, in fact. This is the uh, Whitewater Whippets. This is a high school team oh, from wow. my partner's. Yeah, my partner's hometown where both she and my brother-in-law and everybody went to, uh, went to school. A Whippet is apparently a racing dog. Really? Wow. Hmm? So did they use the Whippet song? Oh, they should. I don't know if they do. They definitely should, though. <laughs> they, they, should, they, should, they should remake uh, um, uh, Push by Salt and Pepper to whip it. <laughs> whip feel I, good. I, I will get on that. Jason, if you're listening, <laughs> you, you heard it here. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> whip it good. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we don't have a whole lot to talk about, but you know, there's a, there's a few things. So we'll do kind of a, a, a speed round episode here. We got to talk about CONCACAF Champions League. Maybe we'll start there and go back in time to a week ago yesterday where we had the, the semifinals. Uh, we'll definitely spend more time on the second one. But on the first one, 
we had Tigres versus uh, Olympia from Honduras. And I don't know, it, it kind of started out even. And then towards the end of the first half, uh, what happens? There's, there's a bicycle kick in the, in the box in the 47th minute. It hits the post, bounces back out. Keeper goes out to follow the ball. <laughs> One of the defenders runs in to basically play keeper. <laughs> the shot goes off. And then, and the defender, who forgets for a moment that he can't use his hands, <laughs> blocks the shot with his hands in the box. Papala. Uh, yep. <laughs> and the ref is right there who just looks at him like, come on, really? <laughs> it's like he had a flashback when he was playing handball in the courts back in. Yes. Uh, and he's like, oh, here's the ball. Perfect time. Whack. Oops. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So the ref just straight reds him for that one. Um, is it is it as famous as the uh, as the Hamas dribbling and then stopping and then picking up the ball just to say just to say that the ball was flat and he just literally picked it up without the whistle? You ever you ever see him do that? Yeah. I I think I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, was it was pretty bad. I mean, even even he like after he did it, he just like oh, he just kind of his head just kind of falls down like he knows what's coming. But but so he gets so there's a red card, so he's out. So now they're down a man, and that sets up a PK. <laughs> So it's like everything all in when, you know, in a couple minutes, it just falls apart. Um, so Jinyak, and that name will come back again, uh, puts in the PK. So they go down one nil at halftime and also down a player. And then after that, it was just, it was just all Tigres. Like once they, once they lost that, once they well, lost I, that guy. I think is Olympia wasn't that, that strong of a team. Kudos for them to make them this far and being the first, uh, is it Salvadorian team to make it? Uh, Honduras. Honduras, sorry. My bad. Yeah. I always, I always right. forgot because I, I remember there's one team that beat Peru and like a friendly. And I don't remember if it was Honduras and El Salvador, but regardless. No, I mean, they made it this far and it was great for them to get this far. But watching them play against Montreal, it was one of those things where you knew like if Montreal can score on this team, yeah, any, any, it's, it's possible anyone else could do it. Tigres did what they were supposed to do. Um, there's a lot of, red cards in this last section of the cc oh yeah oh yes that is a theme it's really interesting and so final was tigres three olympia zero which i think that puts olympia in fourth place right sure i, oh, I think so fifth, they get yeah. an, they get an own goal that just brutally deflects off one of the uh, the uh olympia guys chest and yeah. just flies right in the goal it was hard to watch and then another it was another pk yeah another pk yeah. yep so there you go yeah, and then the the match right. that everyone talked about. Oh my lord! Yeah, the match this thing that was... literally Twitter was blowing up again. The match that it's... I had my phone, people texting me. I had people from the MLS.com texting me asking if I'm <laughs> watching this crazy shit. And I was like, Yeah, there's I'm almost two crazy shit. It was like this. There's, like there's two, two things to talk about. Yeah, well, well, there's there's the football match, and then there's just the antics. <laughs> we always have to like break it up. It's like literally like we should have just uh yeah it was like a WWE match and that was entertaining That's entertaining what I was for that factor entertaining so LAFC versus America your final is three one but let's let's jump in and we'll we'll spend some time once we get to the absolute madness um so LAFC I mean they're pressing um it's very up tempo it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the um of Seattle, Minnesota, or even this last one with Columbus and, and Seattle. It was just fast, fast uh, track meet, up and down, up and down, goal to goal, goal to goal. 
and LAFC were, were looking pretty good. I mean, they, they were definitely, uh, they had a plan. I mean, it was working pretty well until the 11th minute when Caceres uh, goes up for a header far post off the corner and puts it in. And you can just kind of feel the, the air just kind of deflate from LAFC. Well, I mean, the interesting thing is, is, is at least Mexican teams have a much better understanding of where to be on a set piece. Mm-hmm. And MLS teams are still trying to figure out, like, communication-wise, because Caceres was wide open just to comb the, was. comb the ball. Like, there was no one really really challenging him to, to, to the ball. And so, and it's not the first time that we've seen this, and it won't be the... the it, it won't. It won't be the last time we see this. And so, like, they're definitely at that time. It, like you say, it was pretty even match. Uh, but after that goal, things just just got a little bit uh, testy on the field. Yes, yes, that's true. There, yeah, maybe even before that, it was already there was. You could tell there was there was tempers were flaring. Uh, there was more pushing, more shoving. There were, there were uh, fouls the not just, being called, and uh, one of the things that say. I was like, yeah, I mean. And that's that's one of the things that eventually is like if a referee is not willing to take care of the take care of the game, these players will test the limit to wherever that whatever they can do and do. And I think uh, this game was a testament to that. When it, as, as we will discuss later on, so we're getting there. It'll come fast. Um, I, I put in here there was there was great clearance by uh, L.A. They, there was a bike clearance I thought was pretty cool, uh, and then it turned around. Uh, with a uh, oh no I'm sorry the bicycle clearance was by one of the American defenders but then it immediately spun around with Cien Fuentes for LA um, nice counter there uh, Ochoa again that name will come back <laughs> he, he actually played pretty well for like these first 40 or so minutes had some really really good saves I, I put this one off the corner um, I remember like off the corner kick it gets knocked down and I can't I can't remember who shoots it but it's just this direct blast that he's basically still re- reacting to the corner kick and somehow is able to make this dive and put on a, a really, really great show to get that save. Um, 44th minute, Rodrigo, to our, to our points about tempers flaring. I don't even remember what, this, what set this one off, but there's a swarm again to the ref. Somebody goes down. Um, there's a is double the, yellow situation. Is this the yes. blessing foul? No, 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 no. I don't it think might've so, been. No, no. Blessing got like literally like. This is 44. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was this one. But yeah, no, I remember. I remember like everyone was storming the ref asking for it. And it was just. And that's when like announcers were like, this is getting out of hand. Someone needs to. Needs to. Needs to start. So I, I, wrote, yellows. I, I caught most of these. And these most of these notes are live. So at this point in the 44th minute, I just wrote some reds coming in this thing. <laughs> I can just feel it. <laughs> some reds coming. Yeah, as in red cards. Oh, because <laughs> it was just it was getting so out of control, which then leads us to uh, the 47th minute. And we can this 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 is a whole we'll just spend some time. We'll we'll, we'll sit in this section because there's so much to break it, down. There's this, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so there was a free so, kick awarded, right? Go ahead. And then well, it I starts think- with it starts with Atuesta, right, who's running in and he gets he gets kicked or I'm, I'm on the replay maybe it's a knee i think i heard one of the guys say it might have been a knee but he gets kicked or kneed in the stomach <laughs> and goes down right and that was off a free kick i think black black man uh, uh took it and so he was running back and literally like from all the angles you see is like knee to the stomach that's what you all see yeah and then he falls down and like he goes down and then ochoa comes right. over 
right? There's a clearance, Ochoa gets it, and then he, he I forget either he throws it out or, 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 or they're back on offense. And then he walks up to Atuesta and like there's no there's no clearance. This is all one thing. It all happens together. So Atuesta goes down before anything even starts. Ochoa walks over to him. Do 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 Says gonna, something. Gonna, yeah, yeah, gonna see what's going on. You know, it almost looks like maybe he's going to help him up. You okay? That kind of thing. No, no. Go ahead. You can take it. <laughs> he says something. Atuesta doesn't like it. Atuesta stands up and there is some small contact. There is huge content. And then Ochoa flops to the ground like he's been headbutted on the face. I'm and not even sure there was you contact, man. What he said? Uh-uh. No, but I do know that uh, I, I knew the, I knew that um, what's up? Uh, the Twista referred to him as a a clown made out of poop. That's what he. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, is, accurate, that is that is that is the most PG version <laughs> I could put up. But that's literally what he called up later on. He's like, you know. And so, um, are, are you even sure there was contact? Because I saw that thing from so many angles. And, there is I mean, like a maybe... small contact, but like I think the, here's the thing though. It's like. It wasn't like one of the things that was happening is that is that uh, Memo was like overbearing over him, like he was. Oh yeah, he knew exactly him. where the refs were. So and there's he knew exactly so there's, where the so cameras he's intimidating were. him in that aspect of it, and you. That's your WWE thing, right there. Yeah, right? it's he like you intimidated a soccer player. Yeah, you intimidated a soccer. You intimidated anyone, really. You try to. Some people will either walk it off or not engage, or other people will engage, and that's why I engage. And and that engagement is where he where he flopped and i swear yeah. i got so many texts for this and i was like <laughs> i was like dude ochoa's about all, has lost all respect he ever gained in it for doing something so petty particularly someone who is considered to be like a legend as an as in oh yeah for mexico to be able to pull yep. up a stunt like that was 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 yeah literally you know and in this household like off. in this household in my household like my father-in-law hates america uh so that means that <laughs> nubia hates america that means that everyone in this household hates america so like it was one of these matches where like everybody was hooting and hollering and you could hear it from like probably outside our house because we were yelling at the tv but when that happened and we got the and the referee with the tomatoes being thrown at the television splat pretty splat. much you know <laughs> and it was one of those things it was like the double the the red was just yeah, crazy. so Atuesta gets the red. Atuesta, who is still recovering from being kneed in the chest, gets the red card. Right, doesn't get the call. Gets the red. Yep. I don't think Ochoa got a got a card at all out of this whole thing. No, and no, then didn't. all all shit breaks loose. Yeah, yeah. So that's like chapter one, and and then the whistle blows basically, and yeah, and you're right. Chapter two, it just explodes. Like all that tension just spills over. Uh, they're swarming. The teams are trying to to leave, but but they're <laughs> they're not leaving in opposite directions. They're leaving in the same direction, which is also a big mistake. So the, it was it was interesting because I was watching on uh, Univision, and I think there were different angles depending on what channel you were you were watching. And so Univision zeroed in on Bob Bradley. So I saw that shot of one of the players basically getting in Bob Bradley's face while he's trying to get off the field. I'm like, oh. Bob Bradley's gonna deck this guy. He's Bob Bradley's not gonna back down from a fight. He's gonna he's gonna deck this player. So meanwhile, while that whole tussle is happening, while they're trying to get off the field for halftime, on a different camera angle, <laughs> you've got 
Elfio Herrera, Miguel Herrera, the coach of America. And uh, who's the cat? Rasov, right? Who's, who's Bradley's assistant coach. And this whole thing basically starts where they're kind of eyeing each other down. It's very WWE. Like one has the mic. What do you want, man? Whoa, we'll take you down. No, 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 no. <laughs> and and there's, a, there's a extreme height difference here, let's just say. Rasov's got at least a foot and a half on him. I mean, Piola's not that big of a person, right? He's like, what? He's got, he's five, seven, maybe, if that. Who? Rossi? Uh, Herrera. Oh, I don't know. I, I always thought he was 4'3", but that's just maybe me. I mean, that may, maybe is. I mean, I'm just saying there's at least a foot and a half to maybe a two feet difference here. Um, I only bring that up because height and reach. Okay. So Herrera, <laughs> Herrera steps in on this guy who's, again, a foot and a half taller than him and grabs his hair, like the back of his hair. He reaches around and grabs the back of his hair. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, all right. Um, so it was kind of amazing he, he didn't get blasted right there by just reaching around and grabbing the dude's hair. Um, I think Rossov actually like takes a automatic red card. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Um, but he actually takes like a step back, and everybody's like, oh, Rossov just like clocked him, just crossed him. No, no. I mean, I, I've seen enough fights, I study enough of this stuff where he's fully extended so like i mean if he really wanted to have taken the dude out he could have but he fully extends first this right cross and then kind of swings in the wrist to kind of like knuckle tap him there there's a jkd um, uh what do you call it um wing chun term and i can't think of what it is right now a chinese term where you just kind of like rake the wrist and that's basically what he does and he kind of like knuckle taps him but i mean if you you know, if, if you're just looking at it, you're like, oh, he, he decked him, he punched him. Well, it wasn't that hard of a punch, um, but totally deserved. I mean, when you grab a guy's hair from the back, I mean, come on. Whew. So from that whole exchange, which, again, I did not see live because the Univision was focused on right, this right, one camera yeah. of, of the other one. So but I mean, just like the other two of you. I'm, yeah, it got circulated. It spread. Yeah. It spread so fast. Um. So we come to find that they both get red cards, obviously. Three red <laughs> cards in blows. one half. Yes. Um, so, so the second half starts. Do you want to? Do either one of you want to take it from here? Because now, now it's like chapter three of the insanity. <laughs> Go ahead. No, and 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 the second half starts, and literally like, um, maybe what two minutes into the game, maybe right? Uh, to, um. There is some really bad passing between the center backs uh, in America. And apparently one tries to pass it and softly tries to pass it to the other one. And Vela just picks it off and just this takes This is off. the kickoff. This is yeah. the literal start of the second half. The and he just takes it, takes it off and then scores. And then the camera pans to him as he's celebrating. He jumps us. And says something to the like, and the camera catches it. And that what he said made like the whole America Twitter verse like go nuts in the aspect of saying he was disrespecting them and all the other stuff. So he pretty much just called them son of a son of a bee. That's what he called all of them, right? And then like, and then I was like, I was like, wait, did he just say what I think he said? It just like like the replay. And I was like, yeah, he did. And I'm like, oh man. And then, like, after that, it just became even grittier of a match. There were well, so many fouls. So, so he scores um, that first goal off of picking yeah. off that back pass. 
40 seconds later, it's not even a minute. Like they restart it. He does basically the exact same thing from the same angle <laughs> and scores again. So it's two goals in two minutes. Here's the thing. Are these people 14? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about cisgender males in the age of 30 living in a patriarchy society. Yes. The 12. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Grow up. I mean, both the They're, people that are that say that these stupid insults and also like being offended by us, who cares? Who cares if somebody calls very, you a son of a bitch? Very well, well paid teenagers. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, like they have their paycheck. Yeah. So, so all of a sudden it's two to one within two minutes. And then the camera kind of pans off the match a little bit. <laughs> And we see El Piojo again, who's supposed to be gone. He he was expelled. Right. He got a red card. Oh, if we, we forgot to mention, he's got a uh, bloody eye or, or a bloodshot eye from the from the knuckle he, tap. Yeah. Um, that spreads to the second he, eye eventually towards the end. I, that's why I thought he popped like a blood vessel from like all him like screaming. <laughs> from screaming. <laughs> that's also probable. Uh, but anyway, he's supposed to be gone. So, so like they're 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 kind of trying to focus on the game, but there's this whole other game happening in the stands. Like the Konkakov staff are like chasing him around the stands, trying to get him out. Right, and he's carrying his walkie-talkie. <laughs> like you guys remember, like that's the best part. Uh, like when we, uh, oh my god, like I, when, I, when I go pick up my kids, like the people who are controlling the buses, like they all have like these type of walkie-talkie. Like literally, he's like holding the walkie-talkie, like he's talking to it, and like. And, and, and that image in itself became a meme everywhere in, yes. in, in, on social media. And it was the Shout out to the Cooligans. They, they owned it so well. They did yeah, a great no, job. Yeah, <laughs> they did a, such a great job with that. It was hilarious. Um, yep. And then at halftime, right, I took a picture because they were, they were talking about Piojo and the way he reacted and being, uh, being, uh, being kicked out, given a red card. A poll shows up, right, that they had run right before halftime. Should Piojo be fired, right? And the Twitter poll said 85% said yes, right? And so, like, I tweeted that to the Cooligans, but also to to the extra time MLS folks, and they were like, "Uh oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have a go on that." And so they retweeted it, and it was like people were having conversations about the whole thing. And it's even crazier it's because um, one of the things is like. I'm, let's, the one thing that we're forgetting to mention again is that America at this point is still playing with a player up, right? Because the twister yeah, got the red true. card. And so you were leading one nothing at half. Five minutes into the second half, you're losing to an MLS team. Two, to two minutes. <laughs> two minutes in. <laughs> and... Now you set the stage for how are you going to come back or how are you going to do that? Because now you have to actually push up. You have to open up spaces, which. And, and daily, your coach is screaming at the coaching staff yeah. on a walkie talkie from exactly. the stands. It's like it, you're not in the what greatest position show. because you have to push forward and LAFC can just sit and absorb pressure and counter, which they're very good at. But there is so many like fouls happening that weren't being called like. I know Latif Blessing is like a is like not this not the largest human being, but he went up for a header, and the person behind him that went to challenge didn't even try to challenge; just literally elbowed him and pushed yep. him off the air. Down. And that one didn't even get called. And I was like, that was blunt. Like, it was like I thought I did. I did. It was like watching, 
you know, like a WWE match. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, the announcers and in, in the Univision channel were like, well, why isn't that a yellow? Why are they giving these guys a yellow? And they're already like keeping count on how many reds there already would have been at this game afterward. I think they stopped. You know, um, uh, Muay Thai flying elbow, like you've ever seen Ong Bak. That's what that foul was. The guy just yeah. came in straight flying yeah. elbow. Bam. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was nuts. So. So 79th minute, there there is a. I guess if you're counting the other, the coaching reds, this would now be the fourth red, but technically the second player red. That goes to the America player, America uh, Reyes. So now they're both down to 10 for the last uh, 10 minutes or so. And you mentioned Blessing. He kind of puts the icing on the kick, 94th minute. Uh, Rossi gets a 1v1 with Ochoa. Ochoa actually stops it, but it lands right to Blessing, and bam, he puts it away. So there's your final three to one, but I mean – the narrative on this show is just or this, is i called it a show it was a show it was literally it feel it like was. a game it was a show well the, the thing too is just the the who was the guy who did this the slide tackle on um to get this the, the second red mm, um, on vela no it wasn't vela it was rossi who got slide tackled like yes, he literally I, I you, if you slow it you could totally see he's not going oh, for the ball reyes reyes he like he like kind of pumps his legs back and then goes forward. Like he's just going to yeah. take him out and then boom. Here's, here's my like, telegraph. That's right. He's like, here, I'm coming for your legs. I'm not coming yes, for the ball I'm going to do this right now. And it was like, wow. I was like at this, you know, you still have a chance to come back. You can do something. And then you put your team in that position. And I was like, and, and like the announcers and everything, they were like, well, this is not the greatest America team. They're playing with reserves or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you can't control your players or the tempo on the field, like, that reflects on you as a coach. So, 3-1 the final. Literally the next day, America yeah. puts out um, uh, a comunicado, right? Uh, uh, um, and which it says, we, we've parted ways with, with, with Piojo. <laughs> like, we, we decided to go a different route. And I'm like, and I started laughing so hard because, like, you could see it coming. Like, like he had a contract until like a three-year contract. He just signed a three-year contract. And so now they have to pay him and Piojo doesn't have to do anything. And now the speculation is, is where is he going to go? And I just got to know, I just got to tell people, if you need to sell out a stadium, you, you, you get this guy. That's what I'm saying. I, I, there's got to be MLS teams that are like, mm, yeah, I mean, like, drama, no, I, drama. I'm, I'm looking at Montreal, I'm, I'm looking at Montreal, but I'm looking at Canadian teams <laughs> like, like Vancouver or like people who have like low turnout. It's like, get this guy. He will make sure just because of, you don't know what's going to happen. And then the antics and the super Saiyan meme that everyone's seen, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can totally expect stuff like that to happen. So. So I saw well, some criticism I mean, from oh, that's go a good point is that with you know we were talking about like you know this really immature behavior this stuff but it also is entertainment I mean we're talking about it so like how much of is it is like encouraged actually well and to that point what I was just going to say is I, I saw uh, some criticism from mostly MLS folks that likely don't watch Liga Mekis and probably certainly don't watch uh, any Conmebol leagues 
And I mean, this is this is fairly par for the course, Rodrigo. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, Comebol is bananas in, in this kind of way, whether it's the coach or just the brutality on the field and red cards just flying all over the place. I mean, it's pretty common in like a Libertadores match to get four or five red cards. We're just like, oh, you know, it's Tuesday. What's new? It's Tuesday, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's one thing, right? Because like each league has to prove itself somehow that they are tougher than any other leagues in, in that league. So, but like... I mean, this this is just a game that one team was better than the other, and LAFC was totally in command that second half. Um, and it's also a lot of like this whole like U.S. versus Mexico thing rivalry that there is, right? And like, I think I think Herrera's um, firing had to do not only in the way that he performed this season with the, with the craziness, but also the way he behaved. But at the same time. The fact that he lost to an MLS team, right? And, it, and specifically because America buys players. Like, America will spend money, right? Yep. Right? They are the LA Galaxies of the world, in a sense. Like, and they, you know, they'll buy. Like, and so, they, but they didn't, they didn't, weren't able to succeed. So, I think that's one of the things, too, is like, that's, that's right. Which I think sets right. up the fight. The ownership was probably embarrassed, as it were. Yeah, I mean, get a red like that, and then like, it's more, just like more embarrassed losing to the U.S. team than the antics of the coach. <laughs> could could be, could be, but uh, but I think antics like this at a Liga a la Liguilla game or a Liga MX game doesn't get as much limelight, right? But on a, on a on a international competition, yeah, it's a whole different deal. So, but which sets up the well, and, which sets up the final, right? Tigres versus yeah. LAFC. Did that on uh, – I was just going to make one quick point. I, I guess what I was trying to get at, though, was uh, if, if, if a lot of these MLS fans are thinking, you know, we want to be this this clean league that respects the game, that's playing this beautiful football, blah, blah, blah. It's just like we we want to have the more exchange and communication with Liga Miekis, with, with Conmebol. We, we talk about that all the time on this program, how we want Libertadores to eventually cross borders and so you can have your Flamingos playing LA Galaxy or, or LAFC or whatever. I mean, that's kind of the dream, right? But part of that dream to make it a reality is all that madness and shithousery that we saw in this game is the same in the other confederation. That's not going anywhere. That, that's just the way it is. So you, you have to adapt to that and you can't, you know, you can't be surprised and shocked that, oh, you know, he threw this elbow and nothing happened. It's like, this is the game. This is this is kind of the way it works. And, you know, I guess I would argue that it's, it's going to benefit a lot of MLS players and and certainly like the national team. If the national team starts uh, playing more regularly in South America. It's going to toughen everybody up. That's that's uh, I guess that's just my opinion. It's just like your opinion, man. It's just like my opinion. <laughs> well played. Got got the Lebowski in there. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. We are on track. <laughs> All right. So, Rodrigo, to the final. So, it was Tigres LAFC, right? And, like, this probably was the most even of matches that you expected. I was expecting Tigres to win. But, like, how cool it would it be that I think this is the second time uh, MLS team makes the final, right? Toronto was the first, I think. Yes. I, I want to say right. yes. I could be wrong, but I know there are at least one of the three if there's a third team out there. But LFC Yeah, they, they, MLS was getting weird about – I mean, because at first they tweeted out, oh, this is like the first 
time and since Toronto that we have a, a finalist, but then they're like, oh yeah, but then there's also the time before it was called the uh, CONCACAF champions where DC United beat Vasco and whatever that cup was. And, and then LA Galaxy beat whoever in a continental cup. I was like, well, yeah, those, those kind of count, even though it's, you know, not exactly right. the same thing, different right. name, but anyway, continue. So they made, yeah, they made the final and I think it was, um, it started out as a, as, as a, a very even match like this is probably the evenest we i've seen throughout the first half like both teams were trying to figure out how to exploit space both teams were being very physical right it was extremely obvious that tigres was not going to try to let um vela beat them right so like every time vela got the ball they were pressing him every time anybody rossi got the ball they were pressing him this is um a situation where anatuesta would have been helpful in the midfield to get the ball to distribute but you didn't and so they um they were they were trying to figure out and like both teams it was a very even match that first half right and i think that's what 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 one of the things that that lafc did very well was pressure like when they were pressuring they were pressing that ball fast specifically their wings and their and their forwards or their false line whatever like they were pressing those center backs they were trying to make them mistakes and sometimes they were successful and weren't able to say uh, take advantage of that opportunity but overall i mean i thought that first half was very even and and lafc had a lot to um to be to be happy about i think if i was a bad brother going in the half it's like yeah we're getting our chances yeah uh, we're going to be able to get at least one in right agreed I, i'd even give lafc the edge i think i think they they probably came out of that even though it was nil nil at halftime i think i think they were the better team in the first half Sheila, anything to add? Mm-mm. Well, let's jump to the, the second half then. Uh, with that momentum, we get one of the prettiest goals I've seen in a while, especially maybe in the uh, one of the prettiest goals in the, in the competition. I mean, the buildup to this Rossi goal was was like Pep Guardiola, Barcelona, Tiki-Taka. I mean, it was fun to watch. Really quick passes. Uh, I think it was K to Vela, back to K with the cross and Rossi kind of does the chip to the far post uh, keeper has no chance. I mean, and it was fast. I mean, boom, 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 like three or four passes in five seconds. Gorgeous. And that, was it was, it was a great, it was a, that was a really good goal. Like and at that, at that point, you're like, okay, they maybe now it's a time where you, you try to contain pressure. Right. And, and try to just mm-hmm. do that. But there were also calls here that went were made. Like it was also a, a very physical game as well, too. And I think I was, you know, you expect that, right? Like, I mean, I mean, you expect it to be a physical game in the aspect of where it is is the final. So you know the referees are not going to call uh, unless they securely see something wrong in their mind. So it was, you know, it was a physical game, and it was, there were calls that went called. But um, was there a PK in that second half that I? That I'm trying to remember, but no, um, I don't think so. No, yeah, but um, it was just one of those. And then at the 60th, right, that's when that's when I think Rossi scores. And then the 62, they get close again and they're building that momentum, right? Yep, and then um, Tigres gets a set piece and a corner, right? And what happens Correct. again? 
Yeah, you're Double right. It was like cut, it's cut a header, and right? Cut and paste. It's just like they got scored on again. It's a set piece. Yep. Someone doesn't cover the running header. It's a combed again into the into the goal. And I'm I'm like I don't want to say bad things about Veneer, the goalkeeper of LAFC, but he is not the most mobile. And I would have like I don't know if Tyler Miller would have been a better back keeper but that's something that i would look into try to at least get better like like because there was some of those some of those were like uh saint Clair reactionary type of goalkeeper would have been able to maybe perhaps go at that bubble but he didn't even move and he was brought in just this year right from ajax if i'm not mistaken and so like i was like "Mm, maybe it's time for them to shop for a new keeper because a lot Mm -hmm. of the things that were happening when when they're like and then there's a the little fumble at the at the end where like there were he wasn't communicating with his back line and so there was a ball still out there and she had to run in and, and slide or, or kick it out of bounds so they can to to the attacker wouldn't get to the ball. There's those little things that you you need to that you expect from a rookie, right? But not from yeah. someone who's had experience playing on an international team. So that's was this goal I put OG own goal. I mean it almost looked like it might have come off of an LAFC player, but I'm not totally sure that's that's why i put the question mark do you do you remember this did, did, did it touch anybody i didn't think so okay right on i might have just seen something but but or it was just one of those it, it was it was an it was one of those plays where like to take the ball wide and then play it back in and so then the line the defensive line is going to where the ball is and so whoever steps into that space has a right has that's three or four yards to shoot the ball and it was just one of those where like he, he hit yeah. it nicely and that was it you know 83rd minute, uh, aforementioned Gignac gets his. Uh, they, they take the ball up, uh, up up the wing, and he kind of just, like, hits the brakes right at the top of the key. Yep. No pressure. No, Nobody covers him. He's right. wide open. Like He's open right for a three. Goal. And then he Seriously. takes his three-point shot. And then oh, just one cross, and, yep, that's it. So brutal defending on that one to just right. let him have right. all that and and i understand that rodriguez came in like later on towards the end and i know like he was on COVID protocol or whatever but like i thought he was on the same COVID ship that that uh that rossi was on and maybe i must have been mistaken but like if not i think uh if he would have got more time and more playing time or if he would have been ready for this game i think it would have been a different outcome as well too because his speed and his ability to dribble at people on a wing just scares defenders scares me yeah. watching so there's your final two to one once again a, a a team with a decent lead falls apart in the last 10 to 15 minutes we've seen that before mm-hmm. everybody sigh uh tigre is CONCACAF champions uh there's still never been a mls winner in this version of the of the competition so uh who knows? Maybe next time. But they're off to the Club World Cup in, in February. We're still awaiting the winner of Libertadores to have it all set. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, anything else there on Champion CONCACAF Champions League? I mean, Tigres, Tigres played well. They took advantage of what they needed to do. And I think this is the first time that they've won like something so prestigious in a sense, right? Uh, as it comes to CONCACAF, but like yeah, yeah, kudos to them. I think they had a they had a good game and they played a, you know, they played a they played a great game. 
So that was Gignac was could... talking about that. The uh, the Frenchman that scored, he's like, this is the one that kept getting away. I I, I didn't want to. I don't know if he's going to retire or just leave, go maybe look for a different club. But he's like, I, w- I wasn't going anywhere until we won this one. <laughs> yeah. So happy for well, that. There you go. Yeah. And and also out of this whole thing too is like the the Mexican media, Mexican uh, sports reporters were giving accolades to Brad Bradley, Brad Bradley and LAFC. Like this is a this is a good team. Like and even yes. the players when being interviewed, it's like this is a great team. We played a great team, and it showed on the field, you know. And, and so, like, so I mean, I think that that that's that does good things for the league, uh, and yes. hopefully, we'll have more uh, Mexican league players coming into the MLS um, to kind of like figure out how this will look like down in the future, and hopefully, we'll have an MLS team win it. So, but with that, that I think it's a good like, thing for MLS. I think so. I think uh, making it to a finals is always a good thing in the aspect of it. I think it means your league is producing quality teams. And I think, um, you know, it, it just pushes anyone else to try to be a little better, right? Like LAFC is now seen as a team and Toronto is seen as teams that made it to this final. And LAFC is already seen as a model as to what do you want to do correctly in some sort of things, right? Just same as Nashville is being seen as a team for an uh, for teams to follow their model as an expansion team, right? You build your defense, yeah. you build your you, you get your solid center mid, center mid or defensive mid. You build that spine, and, and you're set to go to be able to do whatever else um, is available to you. So, so I was that, just gonna say, I think it's just in terms of respect. I mean, you think about what LAFC did here in the in the from the quarters to the final. I mean, they beat Leon, they beat Cruz Azul. And they beat America. I mean, these are not pushover Liga Mieki's teams. These are these are teams that kind of pass the championship back and forth between right. them on it's an annual basis. Yeah. Yes, and it's, so uh, I think it's also the the Vela versus Mexico thing too. Like how that like Vela Vela played for the national Mexican team and he's declined every other call up because he doesn't want to do anything with the Mexican national team. So it's kind of his in your face. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It was good. Yeah. So there's respect. There's respect. Um, some quick NUFC M- M- rumors. Um, it looks like Ozzy Alonso is coming back in some capacity. We kind of got that new, well, not confirmed, but it, it Let's seems. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that all kind of pans out. I think everybody was, everybody sighed in relief when the rumor that Dom Dwyer was going to be going to New England is like, ah, yes. <laughs> Dom Dwyer. Joining the fighting Bruce Arenas. That would be interesting to see. But that's a backup. As long as he's not in the Twin Cities. Right. Because you got Gustavo Bo. I mean, you you can't really output, you know, that's like a backup role. There's, I don't, I don't know if he'll take it. We'll see. But yeah, it is nice not having to mention Minnesota United and Dom Dwyer and Heath all in the same sentence. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, DSC got the uh, Canadian national team call up for the January camp. I think we all called this and saw this one coming. No yeah, that's surprise, right. We did. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, it looks like uh, Amaria is that purchase option uh, for the loan. I think it's just basically going to care. I think this whole year is basically a wash when it comes to some a lot of these loans. So I think. Um, What's the team in Argentina that uh, Belez Sunsfield, right? I can't remember. It's Belez. Yep, yep, Belez. Yep. Yeah. So I think they're just like you know what, just 
we'll just restart it because <laughs> this one didn't really count. So plus you got injured, so it's like you didn't play a plus. You got injured, so yep, yep. So no, no big surprise there. Um, so we mentioned um, McKinney winning the U.S. Men's Player of the Year. We got the U.S. Women's Player of the Year this week in Sam Muse. Muse? Do we say Muse or Muse? Muse, right? Muse. Muse. Sam, Muse. Samantha Muse. Yes. Okay, I've heard I've heard it a couple different ways, like one or two or one syllable, I guess. Anyway, she's awesome. Uh, totally now currently playing. It, yeah. At is it one of the Manchester's? I can't remember now. Man City, Man I City, say. I think, or, or yeah. Manchester. But let me just we'll double check throughout this whole thing. But yeah, but no, yep. I mean, well totally deserved. well deserved, right? I mean, um, I'm always a Christian Press fan, but you know, and a Tobin Heath fan, right? And but totally well deserved, right? I mean, agreed. Um, th- this just makes Minnesota folks cringe with young talent, so. Our, our Minnesota boy, Caden Clark, who had his big breakout year in, in New York. Uh, apparently, I mean, there was already something in his contract for for the uh, Leipzig Red Bulls to, to kind of look at him and maybe maybe he goes to Europe there. Well, it turns out, along with that, Juventus is apparently looking at him as well. So it's just, man, it's heartbreaking. Could have been. Could have, should have, would have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you're not surprised. I mean, the the amazing job that Weston McKinney has done for Juventus, um, it truly shows, right? And so Europe is always looking for cheap players to buy that will give them more for their money than, you know, buying in Europe would. So this really opens up not only for the Italian league, but all of Europe to be able to see, all right, uh, now America or the United States more than anything is becoming a, a pool of players that they need to keep their eyes and invest. And, you know, I think this is one of the things that, you know, that needs to be addressed in the aspect of Academy is like people, yes, you put in money to academies. Yes. More than likely you're not going to make all that money back right away. But if you send one player over for millions of dollars, literally, almost pays off your investment that you've had so far. And then they see you producing talent and then they're going to keep on looking through the things you are. And you look at FC yep. Dallas is, is doing similar things, right? I mean, what is That's your, why it hurts. I mean, this, this yeah. could have been Minnesota's, but wah, wah. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and to this point too, I don't know a lot about this one, so I'll throw it to either of you, but uh, th- this young guy, uh, Ba Jung Dabore, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's apparently the number one prospect in his his uh, cadre here, and he's he's from again the, the former now defunct Minnesota United Academy, uh, from a forward from Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm not even sure where he's at right now, but the probability of him uh, going to an MLS team or maybe elsewhere is is extremely high right now. And there's another one. It's like all these guys that they just keep falling through the fingers, getting away. Right. I mean, and, and until uh, Minnesota United figures out what they're going to do with their academy or the MLS uh, league that they're going to have for, for that, there, there won't be much interest, I, in my opinion, from the people with pockets to invest in something that they can't see a line of leading to some sort of production. So, 
And have they I mean, have they um, shown any interest or movement toward that at all? We've we've talked a little bit about it on here where they're 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 thinking like there's always like a, an idea, but it's it's like actually getting it implemented and making something concrete happen. Right, the, just hasn't gotten there. Right, the current idea is an Olympic uh, pool, ODP, Olympic Development Pool. So what it means is like all the players in all the clubs or in Minnesota, like there's a pool of players that Minnesota will say we have interest in, and they'll keep an eye on them, and eventually when let's say they want to play a tournament or they're going to go play LA galaxy. Right. Then they pull, then they'll take those players and say, here, we're going to pull these players together and um, they can, um, they can go and play a tournament, but you know, they're not, um, they're letting the clubs do the developing. And then they're going to say, here, let's come, come play with us. We have a couple of tournaments coming up, you know, and then that's kind of thing. And you know it's 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 a it's a program that you know works in some sense because that's what happens with the Olympics, right? That they have the 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 pool of players that they use that for. That's where it comes from. But at at, at the same time, it's 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 something that we haven't seen anything develop towards. That says like we still have like has does it, have they taken a single step toward that? <laughs> right. I mean they they have coaching staff, but you know the thing is. You know, like what would for me feel that they're actually making an investment as if like these coaching staff became full time. Right. And I think right now, some of these, if not all of them are part time, which means that they have other soccer duties or other soccer things that they do outside of Minnesota United. So their full attention is not this, which is if you want to succeed something, you want to have full attention. And that's one of my things. So once MLS decides what they're going to do with their academy league. I think that's going to be where like there's no more excuses, right? MLS has said this is what their league is going to look like, and then Minnesota United has to be able to put some sort of product product towards that, and it's going to get really interesting because I don't know. Let's hope. I, I don't know if they what what the agreement is with like a certain player from a club, like what does that mean? Like, are there fees involved if you're going to be part of this pool? Uh, if they are, who's covering them? Also, if the local clubs are developing the players that are in this pool what do they get out of that right right yep yep you're right ah man it's rough um i guess one last thing to end on for the re-entry we already mentioned uh amadia coming back likely here uh kc apparently picked up sporting kc midfielder felipe gutierrez i don't know much about him i don't know if either of you two do if there's anything to say just maybe get some more depth no, I don't. I don't know. But the, cool. the 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 Corona thing was interesting, right? Yeah, that's why I put it in there because it was so funny because we mentioned it last week. <laughs> he for for a team that hasn't even played a match yet, he's already he, he was already been on the team and then been traded. Right. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, Joe 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 Corona that went to the the new Austin uh, FC team was already traded off in the reentry to Houston. So, which then means kind of funny. What's the situation for Christian Ramirez, right? No one knows yet, so. No one knows. Well, let's take a break. We'll do some internationals. Uh, we'll talk about the Cavani and uh, Bahia, Flamengo, that whole mess. We'll just throw it all together for the uh, the usual this week in Hasiz Mulufuchibal.
Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota football show. Rodrigo is here. Sheila is here. My name is Eric. We will do some internationals. Uh, I think the big one that we need to mention, this actually happened last week uh, after we recorded. So Lionel Messi, he... They, uh, the, she said Barcelona tied Valencia 2-2. But the real story there is he ties Pelé's uh, single club goal scoring record with 643 goals. This was over Pelé's career at Santos from 1957 to 1974. Um, I didn't get Messi's. How long Messi been at Barcelona now? It's, I know it's been over a decade. Way too 13, long. 14 years? Yeah, it's been a while. So I didn't get that one in here. But anyway, so they're tied for days. It didn't take that long because on the 23rd, that would have been on Wednesday, uh, Barcelona plays Real uh, Valladolid. Messi scores. So that puts him at 644. That is a new record. So he breaks Pelé's single club Goal scoring record, you know, Messi, 644 for one club. Pretty phenomenal. I mean, he's already broken so many more, but that's a pretty big one. And Pele, of course, was in very good, you know, solidarity and spirits. It's just like it was going to happen sometime, and I'm glad it was him. <laughs> um, now, the, the kind of amazing thing about this is so apparently Budweiser uh, decided that for this for the new record, 644, they were going to ship out the number of goals given up to Lionel Messi for every goalkeeper. I mean, I maybe didn't say that right. Um, for every goal scored against a goalkeeper by Lionel Messi, of, the, of those 644 goals, they would receive that number of beers, of Budweiser beers. So, like, if you're a garbage La Liga team, like, I don't know, who's bottom of the table and also son, I think, <laughs> who's maybe scored, like, 70 goals against somebody salamanca salamanca sure it's like you're gonna be set you're gonna get 70 i mean budweiser is terrible beer we know this but all of a sudden you're getting 70 beers from from messi <laughs> i i don't um, know if like this was budweiser organized or like it was idea was for messi but like that's like a huge troll and so like if i was troll. a goalkeeper yes. and next time i play against messi I, I plant the ball if I'm, I'm going to punt it and make sure just aim it at him. And just like, you know. <laughs> Here's what I think of your Budweiser, buddy. Here's your Budweiser. Take it back. Boom. Um, right? By the way, he's been playing for Barcelona since 2003. Yikes. That's 17 so that's years. 17. Right? All right. There you go. Wow. Thank you. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's like at a certain point, it's like, that's why that's why his numbers are so high. He's just been playing for so goddamn long. Well, right, and and we talked about this earlier in the year when it looked like he was he was going to go elsewhere because uh, Barcelona fell apart and he was ready to leave. Well, you know, maybe in, maybe in a way, so we could get this one last record. It was it was kind of a glass half full thing where you know he can beat Pele's record and and now maybe move on, come to MLS, come to Minnesota United, smile dream he won't come to minnesota argentinians don't do well in the cold 
Uh, well, one so far. <laughs> I guess they didn't really didn't really play. I guess yeah, he played here, but not. We had such a weak winter the whole time they were ever even even in St. Paul that I don't, I don't think that the Bebelo that Ray has really no it was, really it hasn't was had the essence of Minnesota yet. Like right now is the most snow we've had in like probably past month, right? Or yeah, so? yeah, and the most cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Perfect. It's like, oh, this is what winter is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My family is like, wait, what happened? What happened to the? What happened to? And I was like, this is Minnesota. Like just yeah, that's just the way it is. Oh, I talked to one of my cousins yesterday in Brazil, and I was I was trying to tell her that. Like four days ago, there was nothing, and she's just like, "Whatever, you're you're full of it." I'm like, "No, I swear, there was no snow on Tuesday, <laughs> and now we're covered." <laughs> anyway, congrats, Messi, another one for the books. And apparently, there was some other rumor. Uh, um, Bridget actually put this in. She's not with us today, but that uh, Emmanuel Newer. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. How did it go that she hadn't scored on him? Messi sent two bottles of Budweiser to Newer. Later on, Newer sent eight bottles back to Messi and wrote on it eight to two. <laughs> I can't confirm that that actually happened, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be funny if Newer scored those eight goals, but. Well, let's look at some EPL stuff here uh, from last week. I don't know. I, I guess I just put it on the table here. Liverpool spread out their lead essentially because uh, Tottenham goes down. They, they lost to Leicester. So now you've got Liverpool with 31 points. Number one, Leicester with 27 two. Manchester United has a big blowout 62 with leads. We'll talk about that next. Uh, and yeah, Tottenham falls Everton. Sorry. 26 also four, and then Tottenham falls to fifth. But let's look let's zero in on this Manchester United situation. So during this match, um, we'll talk about the women in a second, but we have um, we have Edson Cavani from Uruguay. He puts out an Instagram post, right? And he says there, there's a word he uses. Um, it's it's the color black in Espanol with with the diminutive ito, right? And he's and basically trying to say, oh, it's, it's he's my friend. It's a compliment, blah blah blah. And uh, shout out to our friend uh, Franca from uh, from Twitter and from the uh, from the uh, I'm trying to think of her podcast. I'm blowing it right now. Um, Banter Pub podcast. She she's from Uruguay as well, and she put out a really good analysis, I think, of the whole situation. But he shouldn't have used this term. Um, the English press obviously came down on him very hard. He was deemed a racist he was deemed uh he was given a three match ban i believe it is uh there was a there was a monetary fine as well he of course took it down and he apologized um oh it's complicated i i I think the simple story is i don't know sheila you you probably want to weigh in here as well it's not complicated to me well he he shouldn't use the term i mean that that's 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 the simple part of it I'm, i'm trying to think I don't want to put myself in, in, in his position. That doesn't just doesn't feel right at all. But, but if I'm you were in his position, Eric, would, would, would you go with the Fletcher celebrating thing? If you were Cavani, what would be your celebration? The Fletcher? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would do something like I do a something capoeira. I mean, I mean, Cavani was responding to someone else's repost of his Instagram and it was a friend of him congratulating him on the, on, I think he had scored a goal. 
And um, I think the issue is, you know, like one of the things is as your job as a, as a professional player, if you're going to go play overseas, you need to understand what the rules are. Right. Uh, and, and um, to excuse violation of the rules because of cultural context is just an excuse that's that's been copped out for for a while and and this can bring up to the aspect of colonialism and racism in latin america and how it's so co-opted and engraved into culture that it just becomes innate right um that's a point i forgot to mention like the uruguayans were going bananas the uruguayans were like like they were going everywhere with this and so i was like i was like regardless of what you what you refer to it uh the, using the term in itself, whether it's been co-opted or it's been, uh, it's it still has a history of where it comes from, right? And by reusing that word, you're 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 still validating the the idea. And I get people are going to get mad at me about that, but that's just a fact. Just as the way, like in Peru, right, cholo or anything else to do with indigenous is considered as a slur, right? Um, just like. Uh, and then you have to have a conversation with the uh, in Peru. I've had a conversation with Afro Peruvians about what they refer to be preferred to be called, and it's different when it, when 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 you have had that conversation and there's an understanding. But when it's just something that's co-opted and deemed normal, and you want to defend it without actually trying to figure out the the context of where it comes from or the historical context, it just really is a poor excuse of, of using that terminology like you know it's and, and like yeah Cavani got fined yeah Cavani did all that but we've all seen posts from professional soccer players dressed in blackface not only from Europe but other parts of the world right uh, and they deemed that part of their cultural context right so what's the difference between that and this right I mean the fact is that Argentina and Uruguay have a history of genocide and eradicating indigenous populations from their countries because of racism. And yeah, it's colonialism, but that doesn't make it like, like just because colonialism exists in that country, does it mean like it's okay for them to have colonialism as part of their language like like nothing about it makes sense it's not okay for him to say the word it's not okay in any context it was bad and he should be getting shit for it and he is and i think it's 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 validated and so that's i just i just think that these articles that are like oh it's complicated it's not complicated don't say it like how many times do we have to have the same fucking conversation I mean, we it's have not that complicated for us. <laughs> we it have that not be complicated. That, you know, this is that. like this is like some fucking redneck in Texas. Oh, it's complicated. My my embrace of the Confederate flag. No, it's not fucking complicated. Throw it away. Throw it in the trash. Take those fucking statues and burn them. Yeah, I'm tired. I, I agree. I'm t- there's I'm no there's no subtlety. We are done. We need to be done with this shit. Yeah, and it's and, just and like, you know what? You don't get a pass just because you're live in Latin America, right? And here's the thing: it's like, where were those same people when uh, we had the PSG incident, uh, right? And um, where were those people defending the, the statements that Cavani was saying? The same way that, that you know the 
the the the fourth referee was in that sense, right? I mean, if if it, it needs to, if FIFA is, is gonna stand on this, like you know, show racism, the red card or whatever, right? They they need to start taking actions, right? And it doesn't matter who it belongs to. If you if you use it, you need to be penalized. You need to understand you can't use it and 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 learn why. Word. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I'm. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't at all. Um, and to that point, we go to Bahia. And, and th- this one hurts simply because, as we've talked about on this, on this show, last year, Bahia was probably the most progressive radical team, and certainly in Brazil, and maybe one of the, the more progressive in, in all of South America. You had um, Roger Machado, who, uh, self-identifying, Afro-Brazilian, he would just call himself, uh, you know, a badass black guy. Um, he was very outspoken supporting Black Lives Matter. Um, he was very outspoken with uh, to, to everything that Sheila basically said with regarding racism in Brazil and in Latin America. He, he tackled it head on. He was very forthcoming to the media, to his players about it. Um, he was he was very interested in uh, in ecological uh issues and and uh, environmental justice and 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 racism and those intersections and if you guys remember they had that big uh oil spill last year in the bayan coast and and so he in response to that he's like well we're going to do something about this and so he uh he got a designer to basically cover their bayan jerseys in oil <laughs> like it oh, looked wow. like they were Nice. Yeah, they were walking in an oil spill, basically, and they they came out. And this was this was peak Bolsonaro too. So he just wanted to be like, please zoom in and send this to Jair Bolsonaro. So anyway, that was a year ago. And just to think about how quickly things spun around. So he's fired because apparently you have an outspoken man of African descent in in the most African city in the all of the Americas. Um, so he's gone. They bring in this guy named Mano Menezes. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's he's failed up his entire life. He he coached the Selecion, the national team at one point. It was terrible. It was just a disaster. He's a white guy. He's a Euro, European Brazilian. Um, and so they played Flamengo this past uh, week. Flamengo won, won the match 4-3, but that's not the story. The story is... Um, from our, our friend of the show, Brenda Elsie, you have uh, a Colombian player named Ramirez on Bahia basically saying that same word we were just talking about to Gerson uh, from Flamengo. So a very light-skinned European Colombian going after a very dark African uh, man of African descent on Flamengo. And it, and it all broke out. It should have been one of these situations like now that we've seen how it can work, where you can just walk off the field and end the match kind of in solidarity. It didn't get to that point. I, I kind of wish it would have, but you know, they swarm, they discuss, they try and work it out. Eventually they, they, they get, they get things going again. They get the ball and play again. And then you just hear the coach Menezes screaming at, at this guy at, at Gerson, who was just racially attacked, just yelling at him, just calling him more names, calling him more names and defending his player, the, the Colombian Ramirez guy. It was, it was just atrocious. Like I read it first and then I saw the video and, and man, it's all captured on video. It's all there. And so um, he got consequences at the very least 
he was fired. Menezes is fired. So Bahia is now coachless. And they they put out a big comunicado, like you mentioned before, Rodrigo. Um, I think kind of realizing the the full arc of, of this trajectory over the first year, how they went from like <laughs> this amazing, badass, like touching on revolutionary uh, a team with, with uh, Machado to just like fall from grace so completely now and actually be causing the racism with the, with the jackass coach. Uh, it was, it was tough, man. It was, it's, it's more of the same, I suppose, but it was, it was tough to see it happen to, to a team that was doing so much good just, just last year. I'll talk to anybody. And it also shows the, the way how leagues, where they, where leagues are at in the aspect of dealing with this type of incident, right? You look at mm-hmm. you know European leagues that are, are taking a much stronger stand, and in South American leagues where everything's encouraged to play through and play on, you know, and then you can reference the whole aspect that happened at the San Diego Loyals, right? Just just keep playing, right? Keep playing. Um, then yeah. then you know that's that's the attitude that and, and the investment that these leagues have in 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 that aspect of it, and I think it's it's upsetting, and I think it's. You know, it it's disappointing that you can't have a standard O league wide across the leagues where where there is some sort of thing, and that no one's like literally written a plan of how this was going to plan out. Right? It's up to the players to decide. I mean, like someone needs to come up with some freaking manifesto. Right? This is how we're dealing with this, and then just CC all the freaking wonder... clubs in the world and just send them and be like, "Look, this yeah. is what we're going to do." I wonder if the coach, if Menezes doesn't insert himself so much into this, if maybe it does boil to the point where, you know, the Flamengo players just get together and they're just, and they just take off. But maybe because he, I don't know, he gets in there. Maybe that, that, that's a, that well, makes I mean, it if, a if the coach starts, starts, if the, starts yelling those, those type of stuff to a player, then I was a Flamengo player. I would be like, yeah, let's stop playing. Let's just walk out. Now, you me know too. That's on him. Yeah. Like everyone's heard it. Let's go. Let's get out of it. But, but this talks about, they it feels like neither of the teams in this league or how many teams in this league have had a discussion regarding what their approach is going to be and that applies to here to as well where where we live in Minnesota uh at the club level at the high school level at uh amateur level like there is no written protocol of what to do that and there needs to be right Sheila uh, yeah, just I just I agree, and I think um, again, just like come on, like get why why is this taking so long? Yeah, twenty twenty, close soon to be twenty twenty one. Sigh, we we listeners, we really want to be done with this. We don't want to be doing the the weekly assessment of football. This we really don't. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> I guess on the positive, I'll spin it back to Manchester United on the women's side. They they smashed Bristol City six to one, and Tobin Heath had a brace, and they're they're just doing god, great. That things team is so the, much fun to watch. League. They're really good. Oh my god, Kristen Press and oh man, yeah, that's yeah, just they're really really good. They're fun. Uh, let's do Libertadores uh, rap here, and we'll get out of here. Um, 
So we had the final of the the final match of the quarterfinals with Boca Juniors and Racing Club, both two teams from Argentina. Uh, they were coming into this with Racing leading one nil, and Boca just took it to them, won the match two nil, aggregate of two to one. So Boca moves on. So your semifinals for Copa Libertadores look like this. I mean these. These matches are awesome. I mean, all both these games are going to be spectacular. Oh my god! You've got Boca, Boca, Boca and Santos. Santos. Boca. Wow, it's bananas! And then on the other side, you've got River Plate versus Palmeiras. I mean, and, and I believe Sheila was pulling for River, right? Yep. Yep. There could be again. We mentioned this before. Is that Kilmes be beer, a, right? A repeat. Be it could be a repeat of last year with with Boca River. Oh man! Do you two imagine Brazilian that? teams, one of each. If, if, it's, I, I if this no ends up being a Argentinian final again, it I I don't they're, they're totally going to have to play this somewhere else because they're, <laughs> they're going to invade well, that stadium. This this is what I was saying before. It's like this is what sells tickets. <laughs> no, it definitely will. But the thing is, like, how are they? How is the the Argentinian government going to? impede people from going into the stadium i mean we saw what happened when when people were out there when Mar when maradona passed away and what they were doing you yep. imagine what it's like when you have another boca jr and River Plate final i mean well yeah because we saw it last year <laughs> they, yeah. they tore the place up and, they had to go to Spain. Place up. and then they had to move the game somewhere else i was like because like i don't know i mean like i want it just for like as sheila uh magnificently pointed it out for for show and drama and TV and the sales tickets, but geez, you know, yeah. I have, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen, but yeah. all, then, the so. the capacity of offense of all four of these teams, I mean, we could have twenty or thirty goals between these two matches. It could be that that seems a little hyperbolic, but you could have over ten for sure. That that's pretty right. easily done. And 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 then you throw in the 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 Maradona factor into this whole thing, and then it just. It's a time bomb, pretty much. Just waiting for soccerness <laughs> to explode everywhere. I mean, yep. I don't. I don't know. I mean, but we could also have a Brazilian final, and that would be really we interesting could. as well, too. So, and there's no love lost on those teams either. Santos nope. and Palmeiras are both from. Okay, yeah, one's from the other, city of yeah. Sao Paulo. Yeah. One's from the coast of Sao Paulo. Yeah, they're not big fans of each they're other. Big fans of each other. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But when was the last time uh, um, the the final was hosted in in Brazil? Mm, good question. I'd have to go back. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. know. That'd be a good tidbit. Listeners, long. yeah, listeners, tweeted us, letting us know what that what that might be. It. So on after the new year on the fifth, you've got River Palmeiras, and then January sixth, you've got Boca Santos. So we'll pay attention to those, and <laughs> I'm sure social media will be unintended right. uh, ablaze. <laughs> are, are these still two legs, or is this one leg now? I always forget when they switch to one leg. You know, I, I can't remember either because everything's weird with COVID land. And, and I, I, I blew it with uh, with CONCACAF, with CCL, thinking that it was going to be a double leg. And obviously it was not for the semifinal. So I, I can't remember. I want to say yes, but maybe it changed again. I don't know. Yeah, probably. We'll see. Um, Boxing Day it was today. Um, I, we talked about the boxing that we did earlier, Sheila. You missed our boxing intro for Boxing Day. What did you um, do for Boxing Day? Oh, you missed Rodrigo's story. You, you, you can catch it on the recording. It was pretty good. All right. um, but I, I caught a little bit. So we had Man U and Lester tied 2-2. Excuse me, Aston Villa 
beat Chris, Crystal Palace uh, 3-0. I caught a couple of those goals, just some brutal goals, like really bad defending and goalkeeping on Crystal Palace's part. Fulham and Southampton 0-0. I watched a little bit of the Arsenal-Chelsea. I'm not sure. Do we got a final score on that one? But I saw the uh, the Shaka goal was great off this this free kick in the 44th minute. Um, everybody was joking around that this guy's job is basically on the line. And he's probably going to be cut and blah, blah, blah. And then he scores this beautiful free kick goal. And they're like, man, man, you know, st- stepping up at the last minute to to save his job. Um, let me yep. take Arsenal won 3-1. 3-1. There you go. Uh, Man City's up on Newcastle right now, one nil, and talk about Sheffield that, yeah. and Everton. No, Sheffield played, and Everton played around today. Tomorrow, Leeds United and Burnley, as well as West Ham and Brighton, and as well as Liverpool and West Brom and uh, Tottenham and Wolves. So that would be so to wrap up. Yeah, yeah thank you. I was going to say just to wrap up. Um, twenty twenty was a mess. Uh, we know this, but uh, of all the covidness and weirdness and everything i i just wanted to uh first of all just thank the two of you and bridget as well for uh for your for your work and uh and your time and you know it's 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 a nice distraction just to hang out and talk about these things and and break a little bread and talk a little football and politics and everything else so i i appreciate you all uh to just have a little bit of of a pattern of uh a distraction in the locura but is, is there anything in a 2020 wrap of, of everything we've kind of talked about that, that kind of sticks out? I mean, obviously the pandemic, um, Maradona, Minnesota United doing surprisingly well. I'll, I'll just throw it to you if there's one little thing you wanted to uh, highlight. It's just such a weird year. And like, I think a lot of it 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 just reinforces the the fact that sports are so uh dependent upon as a place for escape in a sense right from daily things and it played even more role in the aspect of 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 what this year has been you know as in the aspect of safety should they be playing during a pandemic no but nope. <laughs> uh, this world this world runs on money and someone needs to make some, and eventually that needs to happen at some point. And um, that is just the way it is, in a sense, right? And and I mean, from the craziness. What of was that month, number you you put you pulled up last week? It was like one fifth or one sixth of MLS players were infected, something like that. Twenty percent of of players yeah. um, that played in the MLS season were contracted COVID. So. And so that's, you know, that's a lot. <laughs> that's that's more than we need to, specifically where we're, we're in a situation where we don't have a grasp on how to yet contain and um, uh, this, this, this pandemic. And so that's, that's the, that's the main thing. It's like, you shouldn't be playing. Right. But there's also, also shown that, uh, as resourceful as people can be, as humans can be, there's there's ways where you can do it safely, right? Um, um, but there's also ways in which you don't do it safely at all, right? Uh, and I think um, that's where, like, the bubble idea was great, I thought. You know, there was a lot of first for this season, right? For the season first, the whole bubble thing was the first thing for everybody. Um, then playing MLS season altogether was a first. You know, um, do I think... Uh, do I do I think this is it was worth it? And I was like, 
I don't know. You know, like I enjoy watching soccer, but at the same time, I knew that if I wasn't going to watch locally, somewhere else, somewhere else was going to happen. Um, yeah. I'm so curious why you're eating, Rodrigo. <laughs> you, <laughs> what Rodrigo's wife just put down is like the most delicious. <laughs> it's a uh, so my mother-in-law. We made well, no, I can't say we, because I'm banned from making tamales because I can't embarrar. I can't put the masa on the corn husk. That's, I can't do it. That's a hard task. Yeah. So like years ago, I was banned, and I was like, you can't make tamales. So my job was pretty much to keep the dogs in the basement from going upstairs because they were trying to eat the masa. That's an Anyways, job. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so from the leftover masa, you can make, uh, you can still kind of boil them and you make them and you like fry them. When I fry them, I toast them. So these are called, uh, that's what these are. These are the, uh, these are the, um, the leftovers of that aspect of it. And so, um, so yeah, so that's what it's all covered in sauce and red sauce mm-hmm. with, so uh, it does. It's super good. It's one of my favorite things. Smell it. I can smell it from here. There you go. See, it's it's, nice. it's really good, and I'm looking forward to eating. So let's let, let's hurry up and finish it, right? All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say the jury's out for me about whether this was a good idea to do. Um, I think you know we're gonna have to do an uh, an assessment of a lot of things in the next year, not just with sports, but with a lot a lot of stuff. You know, like should we have had school? Yeah, maybe we should have. Like maybe the damage is too great that like, so I don't know. I think we're going to have, I think there's going to be dissertations and books written about the ethics, about what ha- what all went down. Um, and, w- and we'll just have, and you know, it's not over. No, it's not. Not, no. not by a long shot. Not by yeah. a long shot. And by the way, they're, they're called um, sordos. So the food is called sordos sordo. before I get yelled at. So right. uh, nice. I, I, Maradona is one of the things that that's still kind of with me and just everything that went around that, but obviously the COVID and I keep forgetting, man, that it, it, it hasn't been that long, but Chadwick Boseman, that one still messes with me. Like, I can't believe he's gone and oh, all the yeah. stuff he did in such a short amount of time. Like that. We lost uh, a lot of great lot. people. There was a lot. Yeah. Honestly, weird. honestly, uh, 2021. We're going to be in 2021 next time I see you all. So here's looking forward to a, a new year and, vaccinations and uh all i want is be able to sit in a bonfire around you guys and be able to drink some drinks and stuff like that yes yes that would be something that hopefully months down the line we all can so i wish health most of anything for you and your loved ones uh throughout this whole time and you know like it's like i tweeted out a picture of of, because yesterday we went and i don't know and i don't know if a lot of people know this but my mom, we brought my mom over from Peru um, um, and she's staying here for a, a good chunk of time. Um, but there was this whole like protocol she had to do, right? Like she actually had to submit a COVID test to the airline 72 hours prior to flying. Mm-hmm. We don't do that here. <laughs> we do not do that here. Um, right. None of that. You just catch a flight and you do whatever. And so like when my mom was flying over here, she was appalled at the fact that no airline was asking for that she had it already because my mom's very ocd about that having also ready and so she's here she quarantined we finally got her tested uh we had some issues with some other tests that were considered invalid so we have to take her to a place and i took her and 
yesterday, usually our family, Nubia's family does uh, the Christmas Eve or technically Christmas Day right at midnight type of thing. And and then we usually go to my our, our my family to do just like a dinner type of thing. And we went this time and it really made me appreciate it. It was just the aspect of, of, of kinship, friendship, time and relationships, right? Oh, how like all this pandemic has just made me appreciate it even more. And it was the first time we actually took a family photo, like we never take one. Nice. Because my parents are always working. Yeah, so they were always great working, shot. You know, and so like my mom was actually asking for a picture because it was not only our my kids, but also uh, uh, my brother's uh, girlfriend and her kid who's been you know around us for for so we all sat down with masks on and um, uh, let the te- let let the let the TikTok uh, Snapchat teenagers figure out how to take a, <laughs> a, a a group selfie and they did right and so we're like so we took a bunch of them so it was it was nice to be able to have all of us together and uh, do that and so that was that's what I wish for everyone just just health because I know there's a lot of people in my circle that are, are dealing with with um, the loved ones who are who are not in the best of shape so and and we personally know people who are, are going through health issues as well too who we wish True. nothing but the best and wish everyone nothing but the best absolutely, uh, absolutely. and mask up mask up god damn it mask up yep 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 all right well thank you thank you both and thank you listeners uh 2021 we're looking at uh maybe getting some more guests once upon a time we had a studio we we like to bring in guests and this year just because of the weirdness of it we changed format we uh we updated to the official podcast uh, that that the daves i know basically thought we were for the past three years um but yeah we'll, we'll start to get some more people on here as well and so listeners i suppose if you have suggestions of folks you'd like us to have on as guests or folks to interview let us know uh i know sheila and rodrigo between you you might have some ideas as well we i've started to kind of reach out and plan a few little things here and there uh beer is still available as well i'll put it out there again uh patreon.com backslash mn football show your that plum beer is getting some love everywhere i go <laughs> it is it is i mean christian is the brewmaster supreme he he's very talented i I'll, I get him the ingredients and, and he does the magic. So, and it sounds like uh, I, I discovered and be kind of buried in my freezer. There, there's an extra bag of uh, two species, actually uh, that same one and another one. So maybe we'll get another round of the uh, uh, Ooh. at some point, but yeah, thank you all. And uh, Feliz Ano Novo. Happy new year. Yeah. Bye. See you guys later.